Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. want to welcome you to our podcast again. Today, we're doing Leadership Legacy Podcast, and we're going to be talking about the building blocks of effective kingdom leadership. So, pray that this will be a blessing to you. pray that all is going well with you and your family and you and your friends. And so, today, we're going to be reading the scripture, the New Testament. We're going to be talking about the building blocks of effective kingdom leadership uh, so we're going to talk from the book of Second Peter, verses 1 through 8. That's Second Peter, verses 1 through 8. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're talking about the building blocks of effective kingdom leadership. And so I want to just share a few things with you today that I believe will be very helpful to you. I want you to understand that leadership is not something to be taken lightly. It is not something to be taken trivially or done just for position. Leadership is not something to be done just for um, fame, fortune, or for popularity. This leadership is a responsibility. And especially if we're talking about leading people in the things of God, it is very important for us if we're doing this, to do this God's way. And what we've seen over the years and over the past is that a lot of leaders have not turned out so well. They've not done well because maybe they have not had their focus in the right place. Maybe they focused more on their own personal goals. Maybe they focused more on their own personal agenda. Maybe more on how they feel and what they can get out of leadership. But I want to make it clear as we talk about the building blocks of effective kingdom leadership, I want to make it clear that leadership is not about us. This is a service to the body of Christ. This is not us serving ourselves. Leadership is not about self-service. It's about the service of others and the responsibility of leading others so that the others can uh, achieve their maximum potential and walk in their purpose and their calling. This is a hard thing to do. And so we have to be a person that has character in order to establish and fulfill this purpose. So let me make a few points today. Uh, Number one, I'd like you to know that 
Character is the foundation of effective kingdom leadership. Character is the foundation of effective kingdom leadership. You got to have good character if you're going to be a leader in God's kingdom. And maybe you can lead your own kingdom. Maybe you can lead the kingdom of your friends. Maybe you can lead a kingdom of uh, nations or secular people. But in leading God's kingdom, character is a foundation. And you're not going to last long if you do not have good character in God's kingdom. And we've seen through the years, character flaws have brought down many leaders, and the devastation is widespread as a result. I won't get into naming names, but we know there are countless preachers that have been brought down and destroyed because of character failures, character flaws. It's happened in America. It's happened globally. And so we can't just say, well, if, if they had just done it this or done that, it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you are. You must address your weaknesses. You must manage your character because the enemy would love to take people down. The scripture tells us that the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy is studying your weaknesses. You may not be studying his weaknesses like you should. You may not be um, building yourself up as you should. But believe me, the enemy is strategically working to take you down. And so what we have to do to overcome the enemy is allow God to work out some things in us. We have to allow God to work out some character flaws in us. I'm not saying that you're not going to make mistakes. I'm not saying that you're not going to have times where you fall. What I am saying, though, is that we have to make character development very important. We have to put it on the priority list as numero uno. We're not going to go anywhere in God's kingdom without leading and doing it with character. And so strong character will produce the stability that is needed to have long-lasting and enduring impact. I said strong character will produce the stability that's needed to have long-lasting and enduring impact. Do you want to be around for a long time? Do you want to have an impact that lasts for generations and generations? Strong character is required. And the reason why some people's leadership is weakened because their character has been weakened. And they may have influence for a little while, they may be able to run for a season, but the truth of the matter is, after a little while, if your character's not strong, eventually those flaws show up. And when those flaws show up, if you've not worked on those areas, they can take you down, they can limit the length of your ministry, they can limit the impactfulness and the effectiveness of your ministry. And so God is teaching us some things in the Word of God today that are very important that we need to apply to our lives to be strong and to be steadfast. And one scripture says, let's be ye steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He's saying that you need character to be strong. You need stability. You need morality. So we'll get into the, let's get into the real building blocks. Let's get into the definitions because I want to explain these to you because they're written in the Bible, but sometimes words in the Bible are just that. It's just a word. But I, I want you to understand 
the character that God's looking for. I want you to understand the types of things God wants to see in your life so that you can be a leader that has impact and that can have multi-generational impact. That's what it's all about. I don't want the works that I've done to only last for a short time. I want them to last for a long time. That after I'm gone, my children and my grandchildren and their children are still talking about the things that I've done in the earth. That's the kind of impact God wants to build in his kingdom leaders, something that will last and endure from generation to generation. And then future generations can take what you've done and they can adapt it to the contemporary times that they live in. And that can only happen if you put the foundation in place. So let's talk about these wonderful, wonderful things that God wants to do. Excuse me. Um, virtue. Virtue is a behavior demonstrating more, demonstrating high moral standards. Virtue. That's the first thing that Paul, that um, Peter wanted us to do was establish virtue. Behavior that demonstrates high moral standards. I want to demonstrate my character. I want to live it out. I want to show that I have a love for God. I want to show that I have honor. I want to show that I have integrity. I want to show that I treat people well. I want to show that I'm a person that's not into only short-term things. But I'm about what's doing, doing what's right. About doing what's good. About doing what's fair and equitable. Not about getting over quick. Not about making a quick dollar. Not about trying to do something slick on the side. It's about having that virtue. And then after we add to our faith a virtue, we add knowledge. Knowledge is understanding, comprehension, grasp of God's word and God's truth. I want to demonstrate that I know God. I want to demonstrate that I know his word. I don't want to just be one that talks about it. I only want to be one that when people see me, they know I'm not just a talker. I'm a doer of God's word. That I do love God's people. That I do love God. That I do honor him in my life, in my actions every day. That's knowledge, my friends. And temperance. Boy, this is a tough one for us. I can speak for myself. It's a tough one for me sometimes, a lot of times. Temperance. It's called emotional restraint, self-control. The question is, how can you control or manage God's house when you can't manage yourself? It's impossible. You first have to be able to manage yourself. You first have to be able to control your own emotions and your own behaviors before you can rule over something else. The one scripture says that uh, how can a man rule God's house if he can't rule his own house? So there's three steps here. If you're a married person with children, there's three steps. There's you controlling and managing yourself and your emotions. There's you controlling and managing your children and your household. And then there's you controlling and managing the church and the house of God. But if you can't manage your own emotions and you can't manage your own issues, you can forget about the other two. It's off the chain. It's out of whack. And so you first have to be able to have emotional restraint and self-control 
And here's one thing that I teach in the counseling. We cannot control the circumstances. We cannot control anything or anyone. But what we can control is how we respond, how we react to things, how we conduct our lives. And the book of Proverbs says that uh, uh, a person who manages their own emotions and their own soul is stronger than a person that can take the city. Doesn't matter how much physical power you have, you can't control your emotions and your own mental state. You're not very powerful at all. And so I wanted to bring that out because this is probably one of the most important things that you can do is manage your, your emotions and have self-control. This is the issue that caused Moses to not enter into the promised land. He got angry with the people of God. He hit the rock. He did some things that God told him not to do. And he could not enter the promised land as a result. God wants you to be able to receive your promises from him. So you've got to have self-control. If you don't manage yourself, you'll lose everything that God has for you. Just want to bear that out. Um, the next thing is patience. And patience is defined as the ability to endure or to wait on the Lord even while suffering. Sometimes God tells us yes. Sometimes God may actually tell us no. And then other times God may just say wait a while. But that waiting is hard. And I heard one preacher say, yeah, it's hard because God doesn't live in time, but I do. And I'm getting old while I wait. It's funny, right? But it's true. But here's what we have to understand. If it doesn't happen when God wants it to happen, it's not going to be right anyway. A blessing isn't a blessing if it's not on the right timetable. A significant blessing, joy, peace, anything, it's not right if it's not on God's timetable. Everything has to be on God's timetable. I got to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Mount up the wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. And the other question is this. What you in a hurry for anyway? What you in a hurry for? That's the question I have to even ask myself. What are you in a hurry for, Terrence? If you're doing God's work for God's people and God's not ready, it doesn't matter. So you might as well wait on the Lord. Might as well wait on the Lord's timing to do what God said he's going to do. Because without him in what we're doing, what we're doing is not effective. John 15 tells us that without me, you can do nothing. So, I have no choice but to wait on the Lord. When he shows up, the time is right, everything's going to work out exactly how it's supposed to go. This immaturity, it produces disaster. Because if I get ahead of God, Everything becomes a disaster. If I get ahead of God and I'm not doing stuff in the right timetable, the people that need to hear what I got to say may not be positioned. The people that need to receive what I'm sharing may not be mature enough to receive it. And you notice this about farming. Let's think about it. There's a season where you have to plant the seeds, right? There's a season where you have to water, and there's a season where you have to harvest. You can't plant too soon or the seed won't grow. You can't water too soon 
or you'll drown the field. And you can't harvest too soon or you'll pluck up the, 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 the plants and the harvest before it's even ready. Patience, patience, patience. We must wait on the timing of God. That's very important. So let's move on. Uh, and to add to that patience, we must add godliness, which is the quality or practice of, of conforming to the laws and wishes of God. I need to conform to God's laws. I need to conform to God's wishes. We live in a godless society right now. It breaks my heart. We live in a society where nobody wants to conform to the laws and wishes of God, but everybody wants to conform to their own laws and wishes. This is called the spirit of lawlessness. God's not about that. Lawlessness. People don't even want to acknowledge God. People don't even want to admit, you know, there's a higher law and a higher order in this thing that I need to follow. It is very important for us as believers to practice and conform to the laws and wishes of God. These things have been around for thousands of years. God is not changing his laws and his principles for us. We say we want God's blessings. We say we want God's best for our lives. But how many of us are willing to do it God's way? We can't have God's things. We can't have God's things without doing it God's way. And so we must do everything according to God's plans. Brotherly kindness. The love for one's fellow man as a brother or, or brother. I don't see a lot of brotherly kindness out there right now. I see a lot of division. I see a lot of hate. I see a lot of people who attack everybody who opposes what they think or want. This is not going to work. We have to do things according to God's plans. We have to do things according to God's timetable. We have to do things according to the standards that God has set. But we got people out here that can't even agree on where they're going to go eat dinner. People that feel like you're not a Republican, so you're the enemy. You're not a, a, a Democrat, you're the enemy. You don't agree with what I agree with, so you're the enemy. This is insane. We all have different minds. We all have different thoughts. We may all come from different parts of, uh, of the culture, different socioeconomic status, different races. It's okay. We don't have to disagree about everything. And God is saying, it is, I am requiring you to love your brother, love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love a God you cannot see and hate your brother that you see every day? God says, I'm not in that. So if you're going to walk with me, God says, you got to love your brother. They may be different from you. They may be, you know, <laughs> they may be really hard to love. You might not like them, but I am commanding you to love them. <laughs> That's God. You are your brother's keeper. God is not going to stand by and watch us mistreat each other and then say we love God. Won't happen. So we need to have brotherly kindness, love towards our brother, kindness. You know, I could be in the situation that my brother's in. I could be in a situation that my sister's in if God hadn't delivered me. I cannot be arrogant and prideful and think that I'm better than them because if it wasn't for the mercies of God, I might not be where I am. I might be worse than them. 
So I have to treat them with respect and love because God's been good to me. That's what I'm talking about. Let's be kind to our brothers. Let's be kind to our sisters. Let's love one another, knowing that what's for God's mercy might not even be above the ground right now. And finally, we're talking about charity and love. And God wants us to have love, unselfish love for God and other people. And it's kind of tied up in the brotherly kindness. They're kind of one and the same. So my encouragement for you to read 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, it's very good to you to see that very much that God's love is all in 1 Corinthians 13. And understand, God loves you. Understand, since God loves you, since God forgave you, since God saved you, you can help someone else. You can love someone else. You can treat someone else with kindness. And as we wrap up today, I just want you to see that these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven qualities that I've just mentioned, these are the building blocks for effective kingdom leadership. They're important, and if you walk in these things, they will cause productivity and fruitfulness in God's kingdom. You will begin to grow. You'll begin to be productive. You'll have impact like never before when you operate in the building blocks of effective kingdom leadership. My name's Terrence. I want to pray with you, and I want to release you. Father God, I pray for your people that hear these words that are coming out of my mouth. I pray for your people that hear this podcast, God, that you would bless them, that they would take in this word, that they would drink it in, that they would feed on it, that it would produce that harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold in their life. And they will know what it is to be productive as a leader in your kingdom because they have the building blocks. They have the foundation that's needed to be who you call them to be. Lord, we thank you that no weapon formed against this word shall prosper. And no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. God bless you all. Welcome to another episode of Kingdom Leadership, Leadership Legacy Podcast. I pray that you have a great day. God's favor shine upon you.